you can't do life alone. Like no matter how good you are, no one can be an island. Welcome to the Confident Podcast with me, Sherry West, and my fearless daughter, Olivia. Season five brings us more conversations with fierce female leaders. We'll be tackling a range of career readiness and leadership topics, ranging from defining your career purpose to leveraging your superpowers and exploring key questions like, is it okay to cry in the boardroom? Episode six, being versatile and making history. Welcome, welcome everyone. Welcome Liv. Hey. Happy summer. Woo, woo. It's DC girl summer, right? Okay, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) No, come on. Episode six, being versatile and making history. Is it versatile or versatile? (laughs) (laughs) Episode six, being versatile and making history. Welcome, welcome, everyone. Welcome, Liv. Hey. Happy summer. How's DC in the summer? Hot. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I I thought to start today, we could do something a little different and maybe interview each other and ask each other a surprise question. And my question for you, Liv, is give me a couple of things on your bucket list. You just turned um, 20, you're in DC, you're thriving, but what's still on your bucket list? A, a lot of things, because I am only 20. Um, I'd say I really want to go skydiving, and I want to do that this summer. So I'm not, that's... Watching. I'm not watching that. Okay, well, you can watch the video afterward. <laughs> um, that's like a me- most immediate bucket list item. And then on a theme of interviewing, since we're doing that today, I'd love to interview Gloria Steinem. Oh, me too. I'll come to that. (laughs) Yeah, you're invited. All right. What's on your bucket list? Oh, back at me, huh? Um, Mm -hmm. Well, I would say that I actually just checked a big one off my bucket list. Yeah, you did. And I had the opportunity, as you know, to go to the White House and I shook hands with both the president of the United States and the first lady of the United States. And I think I was crying and shaking and my heart was beating and it was an honor and just Honestly, just walking through the White House and, you know, walking down that hall where you see all the portraits of the former presidents and first ladies and some of the photos, black and white photos, the carpe diem photos, and and really just kind of taking a look around and taking it all in and, um, you know, the history of our country and being in that institution and and just feeling the hope. I, I, I felt hope. Um, and looking fabulous while you did all of that. <laughs> I did have Amazing. like I did have a Cinderella moment for sure. Um, you looked so like it was. You looked so presidential. Like you could have been my president. <laughs> You're the best. I did have a Cinderella moment, but I also had the pumpkin moment where I turned into the pumpkin at midnight. Um, and you lost had your glass slipper. I had to get up early the next morning and get groceries and fix breakfast and all of that. But it was incredible. But yeah. Um, Anyhow, anyhow, uh, that's fun, Lev. Um, so yes, you can go skydiving. I won't be there, but I will pop into your interview with Gloria. And <laughs> I know someday you'll be running the White House. So there's that. We'll see. 
And today we get to talk to a, another young woman who is going to be running the world someday. Mm-hmm. She's incredible. So let's get into it. Derby Chikuti is a Nigerian-American investment strategist, author, model, and beauty queen. She was born in Dallas, Texas, and raised in Nigeria. The 25-year-old was crowned Miss New Jersey 2023 and is a graduate of Berea College with a bachelor's degree in business administration and economics. Welcome to Confident, Derby. Thank you, Olivia. I'm so excited to be joining you tonight. And we're so excited to have you. So um, just to dive right in, we like to start off with a fun question, kind of to let our audience get to know you better. Um, So could you tell us something that Google doesn't know about you? You know, I thought about that question because I've listened to your (laughs) podcast in the past and I was like, what does Google not know? Because I feel like recently all of my business has been out there. Um, I would say recently in my adulthood, um, sleeping has actually become a hobby. So growing up when I was younger, I never took naps. I was always active (laughs) out there. I thought sleep was for like boring people. And now I'm like, give me every single hour of sleep because I will take it. So sleeping is one of my hobbies. Well, perhaps because you're so darn busy with being both <laughs> an investment banker and a beauty queen, which we're going to be talking about. But I agree. Sleep and naps are restorative. I think I uh, couldn't agree with you more. Very, very much needed. Yeah. Especially in the summer. I mean, it makes you feel like you're operating on a summer pace when you can get a good nap in on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> Exactly. Well, I'm so excited to talk to you, Derby. And we were connected um, by the amazing, magnificent Laura Davis, who is a managing director at J.P. Morgan Private Bank. Um, And I just started reading more about your story, and it's fascinating. And I just can't wait to, to talk to you more about it. But can you just start and tell us a little bit about your journey from being born in Dallas, Texas, to growing up in Nigeria, and how that has influenced your career and life choices? Absolutely. So I was born in Dallas, Texas. I didn't, I can't tell you how long I spent in Dallas because I was like so young. And my whole family is we're Nigerian. Um, all my family members born and raised in Nigeria. But I just remember growing up, growing up, life was simple. I say like life was simple. It's not like life is difficult now, but I feel like the technology, just expectations, there's so much more complex things happening right now in our world. But growing up, it was really simple. I have four siblings and we did chores. We went to school. Our friends were really big on education and also just how do you treat people? So a lot of the core skills I leverage right now were really developed growing up. Um, From one of the key things, I keep telling the story every time I have the chance is when we're growing up, like there's some period in time that my mom would pay us for our chores. And a lot of people are like, yeah, there's no way your mom being Nigerian paid you for chores. Like that is your payment for living in the house. But then I, when I grew up and I realized that she was trying to teach me the importance of dignity in every form of labor, but just because somebody is a um, road driver or a car driver or like a gate man, that doesn't mean they are any less than somebody who like works at JP Morgan. Like everybody has a role to play and depending on how your path of life leads you, you're going to play different roles. So those are the kind of things we're learning as kids. Like the other key thing was like greeting people. 
everyone knew me in the street and the neighborhood about like for being the girl who always say good morning, good afternoon. So it was a little bit strange coming to America where people just started there by saying, hey, have you sent me that email? I was like, good morning. It's nice to see you. So that was something, those little things, and they really matter because you never know what somebody's going through. And that may be the only greeting they're getting that day or, or the only acknowledgement. So those simple foundational principles were things that were really shaped into our lives. And just that whole appreciation of life, the simplicity of it. So at age 10, going on 11, my mom passed away. So that was like a major hit to the whole family because like, whoa, she was a superstar. You think I'm a superstar, you should have met my mom. She was killing it. She was an epitome of what excellence looks like. And so that was a big hit to the family. But then how do you deal with grief at 11? And you still have to go to school and you still have to do well. Oh, you're going through puberty. Yeah, so many moments you're meant to have with your mom, you don't get to have that moment. And it definitely was difficult. It's still now difficult, like especially like being in New Jersey. Like a lot of people have their family. These are things I feel like mothers are like, oh my God, my daughter is a beauty queen. Amazing. We're going to make this the best year ever. But I don't get to have that. Or she doesn't even get to have that. So those kind of things. But I would say on the bright side, what that did was, teach tenacity and resilience and just help me like think on my feet. So, which is crazy because I just pretty much grew up faster than the people my age because now it was no longer, what are you going to do? Or what should we do? It's like, what do we have to do? Like, how do you make decisions? Because this is not just only going to impact you, but it's going to impact like the rest of your family. So there are positives of that. that I'm like, okay, I'm glad I can think on my feet. I'm glad that when something comes up, I can think about alternatives or be flexible and adaptable. Because growing up, I used to be that girl who was like, oh, I have this list of things to do. Life is going to go this way. And I learned quickly, girl, no, life is not always going to go the way you write it. And if you're able to be adaptable and willing to switch up things, then you see the beauty of life, of life, even in those dark moments. Um, I'm trying to think about the other key thing that we kind of like learned growing up, um, little things. The biggest one is relationships. And I tell people, the, the most valuable currency is your relationships because tables, like life will always happen. Tables always turn and things can turn around for the bad or not so good for people. But your relationships will determine what side of the table you get. So, for example, like something can happen in the economy, so many things are going on, you may lose your job. But I tell people like, well, your relationships will determine if that is one day out of a job, 10 days out of a job, 10 months out of a job, because life is just all connected. And again, people want to do things with people that they like, people that they know. And that's that's one key thing I learned from my parents growing up relationships relationships always treat people better than they even treat you always make sure you live on great terms even when they are like valid reasons for things not to look great it's a brand it's your reputation it's very key and learn that from a young age like what is customer service so my mom actually had a small business and you're dealing with customers taking orders making sure that whatever they need is taken care of at age i don't know nine ten That was like, right then, I didn't really appreciate that. But now I look back and I was like, wow, these are skills that are now needed. These are skills that people would pay to have. 
So that's kind of like the upbringing. Discipline was a big deal. You didn't just do anything just because I feel like doing it. There was that whole thing about the family name. What is the family name? So my last name is Shukudi. That means God is alive. So like the power of the name was also key. So my Nigerian name is also Oziyama. It means good news. And I tell people that is part of what I bring to the table. And everybody mm-hmm. I interact with, I hope I leave like some good news of, or you feel better than you met me in the beginning. So those kind, those kind of things were really infused. It was very um, focused on the ta- intangible things that people could not necessarily like grasp with their hands, but would definitely like feel that quote that says like people will not remember what you said or like what you look like or what you did. They remember how you made them feel. Um, and the final thing I would say to growing up and how that kind of has shaped um, my career, just life path is like, you can't do life alone. Like no matter how good you are, no one can be an island and finding communities, finding people to do life together. Cause at the end of the day, those memories. So I think about like my mom, we had lots of memories too, even in that short period of time from like family trips to just chilling in the house. And, and those things matter. And we're a picture taking family. And I know some people are like, oh, I don't take pictures. I don't do that. I'm so thankful for all those pictures because now you look back, you're like, wow, I look crazy here, but that was fun. Yeah. 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 See, Liv, Liv, don't, I, I take a lot of photos. <laughs> Derby said it. You want the photos. But no, seriously, yeah. Derby, that was such an incredible backstory. Thank you so much for sharing all of that with us. Um, I especially loved how you said, you, you, you know, the emphasis on saying good morning to someone because you never know what they're going through. And I think sometimes in our, in the U S we forget that. Um, <laughs> and just the focus on relationships, uh, your mother yeah. sounds like an incredible, phenomenal woman, but we actually just talked to our, she works college interns about the importance of relationship currency, which was a concept or a term kind of coined here by Carla, the brilliant Carla Harris um, from Morgan Stanley. But, you know, I think again, here, so many people focus on the performance side and they Mm -hmm. don't invest enough in the relationship currency and the relationship side. So um, I I love your backstory and highlighting the importance of that and how that is truly second nature to you. And I would guess probably a big part of your success. So that's amazing. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I will say that you you mentioned so many of these lessons that your mom and your family taught you and how they really made um, you like flexible and adaptable and how there are so many different roles that people can play in different paths that people will go on. And I think that's especially true for you because two years ago, you decided to leave your comfort zone and try a new experience in pageantry. Uh, could you talk about that and kind of what informed that decision and where that has led you? <laughs> yeah. So... I think it actually goes back. I know two years ago, I actually went to compete for the first time, but it goes back to 2019. I was graduating from college in 2019. And I just had this moment where I was like, hmm, like a lot of what you did growing up, your parents kind of like, saw like, oh, you know, Olivia is great at this stuff. Let's push her in that direction. But as the economist that I am, for everything, every choice that you make, there's an opportunity cost. So for me, I was just really intrigued and said, like, what are the opportunity costs I've already given up for the other things I've experienced? And one of it was kind of like, oh, I was never really the creative person or nobody would ever say like, oh, this person is a creative person. I was the nerd, the accounting nerd, the only one who understood economics in high school. And people just kind of like put you in that box. So it started with um, getting some items on Amazon 
paintbrushes, canvases. I have literally zero training in any of this stuff. I can't even draw to save your life. And I started painting. And I remember times where um, I would want to watch YouTube videos, but I just it just felt like I shouldn't watch those videos. I should just go by inspiration. And the whole goal was really trying to unlock and see like, am I really not good at painting? Or is it that I have not had enough exposure? So that, so that makes sense why I'm not good at it. So I was trying to really do this experiment of stuff. So that's where it first started. And then right after that whole experiment, and it kept going. And what I found was the more you do, the better you become. Mm-hmm. And so it was very fascinating because I would be in meetings, especially during the pandemic when we we're working from home. And people will stop in the meeting and say like, hey, do you know this artist? And most times the answer was like, no. They're like, that work behind you looks like their work. Like, oh, thank you. So it was very interesting, but then no background, no training, no YouTube, just fully inspiration. So for me, that was like, wow. And in that same year, 2019, I was graduating college, moving to a new um, new job, new city, new city, new state. Everything was new. So I remember telling myself like, hey, Wall Street is going to be great. You're going to work hard. You meet some phenomenal people. Amazing. But it is very important for me, it was very important for me to relate to the regular person. Can I walk on the street and have a conversation with somebody who has no idea what Wall Street is and just have a regular conversation? And I figured the way I'll do it is by doing something outside of finance every year. So my program was for three years. And I said, hey, you can do that program, but you have to commit to doing something outside of finance every year. So I ended up doing like a bunch of things. But one of the things I knew about was the um, Miss Nigeria USA pageant. And I knew someone who had competed like mid top five. And in my head, I was like, this is a cool thing to do. It's not like a must do or I, I didn't even I didn't even think USA, universe, any of those things. I was like, this is just cool to do. And I, if you know me, I'm that person that's always collecting experiences and all of that. So that's where it all started. So I remember putting an application for trying to put in an application for Nigeria USA but they had not had the pageant and they didn't, they didn't plan to have a pageant in the future. Um, then I came across New York, USA, because what I do in my spare time is to Google stuff, which is random. So I came across like Miss New York, USA. Again, I had no idea how the system worked or how everything worked. And I applied. You just had to fill in some information, submit some pictures. But the directors are the same. And they responded actually and said, hey, you live in Hoboken. We're going to move your application to New Jersey. I never saw that email. Then 2020, of course, happens. It's a pandemic. So more important things are happening. I'm not seeing any of these emails from Miss New Jersey, USA, saying, are you still interested? Fast forward to 2021. I get the email and I was like, oh, okay. I can do an interview. Sure. So I do the interview because I love to talk. I do the interview. It's amazing. They have an amazing staff on the other side of the phone with me. And... All through, while I'm answering every question, I keep saying, there's no way I can do this. I'm not doing it. Like, cause work was so busy and I just couldn't see how I was going to do pageant and like work. It didn't make right. sense. Right. But after a week, I got the invitation and then I really sat down with myself and said, what is stopping you from doing this? It definitely isn't time. Cause we have that illusion that we don't have time. You have time. You just need to find where your, where your time is not being used effectively and transfer it elsewhere. And the biggest thing I saw was fear because competing in pageants, if you don't overthink it, that's fine. But if you really think about what it is, you're putting yourself out there. What it means to put yourself out there, outside of you, yourself, your closet, your roommates, 
out there to the world where people can put opinions. You're going to be in front of judges. There's going to be an audience for me. So that's what I saw. I was like, I don't want someone judging me. Why judging why my legs are in a certain way or why I'm posing in a certain way. So all I saw was fear. And then I, I said a couple of things to myself, which I think would be very interesting for you all to hear. So the first one is like fear. So what do we do with our fears? You face them. Because if you run away from them, guess what? Like, just you got to keep encountering them in different shapes and forms. So you rather just right. hit it right on the head and keep going. And the second thing was like, for me, I was just like, you know, what's the story going to be 10, 20 years from now? Is it going to be in my 20s? I was working hard at JP Morgan. Love JP Morgan. Shout out JP Morgan. Or is it going to be like in my 20s? Yes, I worked hard, but I tried stuff. Mm-hmm. I was out there. And I just thought about the whole thing. I coined the whole thing about the colorful life. So our lives are blank canvases and every experience is a different shade of color. So whether that is good, bad, ugly, everything. And in the words of Carla Harris, every experience gives you a blessing or a lesson, which mm-hmm. means it gives you good things anyway. And But I was like, you're not going to get that colorful life. You're not going to get that colorful canvas if you don't put yourself out there. There's only so much you can get from being indoors or being inside of yourself. And that really stuck with me. And I was like, wow, I'm always all about like living life to the fullest, try stuff. You just never know. And that's what really got me excited. And I said, you know what, let's go for it. And of course, for me, like faith is important. So definitely like praying and making sure that I was in alignment and God was in it. That was also very part um, of importance to me, because if he wasn't in it, then it would have been a different story. But that is how I got started. And where it's taking me to. Well, I'm going to miss USA. So that's super exciting. Really? Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> if you had said you're going to miss USA. It, the crazy thing about this whole process is there are a lot of people who were saying you need to be at Miss USA. They didn't say you should go to Miss They said you need to be at Miss USA. And these are strangers. These are people who some people I competed with in the first year. And so for me, it was really interesting because I'm like, what are you seeing? So I was surrounded by people that were seeing the vision even before I caught the vision. And I always tell people like, you know what? You want to be surrounded by people who have seen the vision or who see something in you. It's like, I don't know what it is, but I see something in you and you're going really far. Those are the people that you want to see um, around you. Because even when you don't see it, it doesn't matter what you're not seeing, but it matters who is pouring into you and saying, you need to be here. And all these strangers from across the country are like, you need to be at Miss USA. And I was like, okay, we'll see. So that's how far it's brought me. And of course, like being Miss New Jersey, USA, doing amazing things, reaching out to the community, meeting people. And it's just beginning because I was just crowned like less than three months ago. But it's been a fun ride so far. Okay, you are such an inspiration to me. I'm just, I'm loving every word that's coming out of your mouth. Yeah. And just a recap for our listeners. She had launched a very, her very successful career as an investment strategist. And then in her own words, she decided to face her fears. And this is what, and then next thing is I'm obsessed with. Then she decided to intentionally gain experience outside of finance, like intentionally, like, Oh, yeah. She put that self-discipline in place to say, yes, I'm a successful investment strategist, but I want to learn and be more well-rounded. And so I'm going to do something purposefully every year outside of my finance arena. That's in- incredible. Like, I just hope every young woman out there listens and takes that to heart. And then just to put this in perspective, Derby made history 
as the first Nigerian American and the first Wall Street professional to be crowned Miss Jersey 2023. So it's like a huge, huge accomplishment, Derby. Like, I'm just like, it's amazing. And what I want to kind of tap on next is that as both an investment strategist and a beauty queen, you're clearly such a versatile leader. And I'm obsessed with this point too, because I just read this article that I'm going to include in the show notes about how in today's uncertain world, versatile leadership is more important than ever. Um, Mm. And so I just want to, you know, my question to you is, do you you think about, how do you think about versatility and being intentional about expanding your skill set? And what would your advice be to younger women in this area? I think it's definitely critical. Like if the pandemic taught us anything, you have to be willing to pivot, the power of the pivot. You have to, you can't just be stuck in a particular way and say, this is the only way to do something. And like I mentioned earlier before, I used to be that person that was like, oh, it has to be this and that. And what I'll find is I'll get mad because when things didn't go the way I thought it should go. And then I had to realize, I was like, you can't keep living like this. Like life is not always going to adjust. And it's interesting because when you're open-minded, and then when I think about versatility is flexibility. So for example, I had I had an appearance yesterday, planned out this outfit. It was a vintage casual. So I was like, yeah, you know, my outfit is going to have some vintage vibes to it. So the skirt I was meant to wear, apparently the security pin somehow wasn't taking off, meaning I couldn't wear the skirt anymore. And I, was, I, found, I found this out like a few hours before the event. And I was just like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And right in the moment, the next thing I'm thinking about is what is the alternative? And then I find an alternative. It works out. I go to the event. Turns out like whatever I end up wearing is in line with their colors. And I could have said, you know what? My skirt is not, is not working. I'm no longer going to this event or just like be all sad about it. Or you could think about change. So when I think about versatile leadership, I'm thinking about people who are like eager, eager to look and say like, where is the solution? Where is the other route because there's always another route there's always another way but you're not going to see the other way if you're stuck on like this is the only way and I think it's so critical and everybody can have that I think that's the biggest thing because I think sometimes people are like oh you know Jeremy is just this versatile I was not the versatile kid before and I think different ways of um creating is a mindset thing different ways of creating that mindset is that small so if you're used to using one route back home every day if you're like me, I use the patch train to work. You're using the same street every single day. Is there a different street I can use to still get home? You're redirecting your brain to try different things and different routes. And when something doesn't work out, instead of like freaking out, what other way could be possible? I think challenge sometimes is very easy for us to just react. Your brain is not really active in, in those moments. But when you challenge your brain and say like, okay, this didn't work. What are the options? Then your brain begins to work. I tell people, your brain is here to work for you. Not just sit there and like wait for you to feed the information. Because what happens when you give it information? It begins to work. When you say, oh, I have this goal to achieve X, Y, Z by the end of June. Your brain begins to connect the dots. Like, oh, um, Olivia wanted to achieve this goal. I see this opportunity. I see that opportunity. And you're able to connect the dots. The same things. If you're trying to change that mindset, begin to train your brain with the basic things. So if you always eat pasta every single Friday, switch it up to Monday. And using those simple steps, because I think most times we just overcomplicate things of life. 
But then I think the biggest thing is also just realizing that life will always be life. Things will always go wrong. Things will go south. And those are facts. I always tell people like, tell me something new. We already know life. We already know life can switch up on us. And once you start thinking that way, first of all, there's that whole mindset of like, okay, what's the worst that could happen? That's also the mindset of like risk taking. Okay, now I know what's the worst that could happen. How far do you want to go? Or what do we want to do? And I feel like that just helps you be more versatile. And when you look back at experiences too, like what has happened in the past? What have I done? What have I done well? What have I not done so well? And what can I learn from this? Every experience has has taught me one main point, that it all works out. But then again, you can choose your narrative. I think that also ties in. If I have the perspective, which I do, it all works out. Even when things mess up, even when I mess up, when, even when things seem like they're crashing and burning, if it all works out, I'm excited because this is just the middle and it's a journey. So that's how I think about it. But then the way our world is moving now, you cannot be, you can't have a mi- fixed mindset. You need to be flexible. And part mm-hmm. of, and I feel like that helps us live life too. Like be flexible, just know that tomorrow you can wake up and you're like doing, you're in the air in some other country, even without planning that because some emergency came up. And then the next day you could literally be in your apartment with nothing to do. Like be flexible, but expectant. Yeah. I love that so much. I think that that point that about how a lot of people think that versatility is um, something that like is just natural to some people and other people don't have it. Sometimes people think that and it's just not true because as you said, you do have to train your brain and it is, I mean, it's not easy to do, but it's definitely doable. Mm-hmm. And I think even going back to how you said that the whole reason you got into pageantry was because you were trying to, you know, kind of explore your more creative side I think that's just so incredible. And I think that everyone should um, do things like that, you know, do things in the complete opposite field that you're in. Yeah. And I like the point that you made about the opposite too. It's like, sometimes you're like, oh, what should I do? And your buddy is like, oh, maybe you shouldn't do this. Sometimes that is fear. Sometimes there is instinct and you want to make sure that you're listening and training your instinct. Sometimes it's fear. Cause like, oh, I don't want anybody to call me this. Or I don't want anybody to judge me and stuff like that. So you deny yourself of certain opportunities. But you have to realize like, YOLO, you only live once. So to get the most out of life, you need to be willing to give. And like give of yourself, put yourself out there. And you choose your boundaries. Boundaries are like an important conversation. But give yourself a chance. Like for me, I'm, I don't know anybody in my entire family lineage that ever did pageantry. Like serious pageantry. This level of pageantry zero but you also have to be willing to be the first yeah I love that and because of you who knows I have never been very artistic but maybe (laughs) I'm gonna start painting you know hey (laughs) give it a shot like when I first started I was like what am I doing and then I just kept going and the results were just like insane I was like wow and for me like I doesn't mean I have to be an artist now But again, back to training your brain, I'm like, I see possibilities. So one of the things I'm really excited about, like being Miss New Jersey, wearing all these hats and everything is just to show people possibilities. Like, it's crazy how much impact that has. Like people have said, oh, nobody looks like me in this particular space, or I've never seen anybody do it. But I'm like, well, here's your face of possibilities. And you can relate to me in different ways. If you're the artist, I'm like, hey, I do abstract art. If you're the finance person, okay, let's talk markets. Or if you're the pageant queen, hey, fashion, this 
like that is one thing that's excited exciting about just my background it's not just like oh, only one area people can feed into different areas and i hope they see i'm the face of like what possibilities look like mm-hmm. yes you can everything you say is just it's so wise and i feel like i'm learning so much from it mm-hmm. um and i feel like we could keep picking your brain forever um but we are going to trans- transition to our closing speed round of questions just a couple fun questions for our audience to get to know you better okay. um so the first one is what's one gender stereotype that you want to smash okay this one is going to be, be re- relevant to pageantry mm-hmm. that whole idea that pageant queens are not smart I think mm-hmm. it's the dumbest thing anyone can say and because I know people say a lot of that because of like their judging setting performances I'm like first of all to speak in the in front of an audience is a very bold thing to do and a lot of people don't have that skill set but if you go through the process of pageantry it's insane the same skills that CEOs have we have that like resilience, being able to make a decision, showing up even when things break. Every single Miss Universe pageant you see, USA pageant, there is always something that has broken behind the scene. But all you see is that glamorous face, smiling, keeping it all together, showing like, oh, I'm here. How many people can do that? So mm-hmm. really breaking that stereotype, because and I say that for women, because like most times beauty pageants are mostly women. But I know that there are male pageants too, but that whole stereotype, I'm like, even just giving yourself that opportunity to compete, that is a smart decision because that's where you start like your networking 101. We talked about relationship currents. You get that there. It takes a smart person to put themselves in that situation because guess what? Every girl is going to do amazing stuff. Like only one girl is going to win the crown, but every girl is going to really be some amazing person down the line. And that's the investment, that long-term investment that, oh, you know what, we did this together. I know you, we have a relationship. So to all those people out there, stop saying pageant queens are not smart because we are so smart that you'd be shocked. Here, here. I think you're going, Derby, you're you're going a long way in smashing that very distinct <laughs> stereotype. So kudos to you. Um, next speed round question is, who is inspiring you right now? Carla Harris. So I had an opportunity to MC an event on Friday, last Friday, and she was the keynote speaker. And all I can say is, wow. She literally dropped so many gems in such a short period of time. But the most important thing that stood out to me was just the power of her voice, like leaning into that voice, being confident. So when we think about, when I think about women, like we should be confident because most of the time we are right anyway being confident and just being comfortable that she's enough and everything that she brings to the table has value. And just imagine a world where every woman felt like she had value. And the crazy thing is we do, but it's not always easy to like embrace all of that and be confident and bold. So Carla Harris is inspiring me today, tomorrow and forever. Yeah. Yeah, I think Kyla Harris may need to run for president. Every person that's ever seen her talk oh uh, just goes on and on about how brilliant and magnificent. And we are um, going to be hosting Kyla Harris on the Day of the Girl on October 11th. Of awesome. Derby, so, you're definitely coming back. For- yes, bring me back. Let me moderate that session. Hey, <laughs> I would love that. No, she is just so amazing. It was, I literally told her, like, I needed to hear you speak before going to Miss USA. Because every single word and just even the sound of her voice, 
No, every woman needs that, ha, needs her own version of that because every, every one of us has that. And that's when you know that you know that you're that girl. Carla Harris is that girl. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Um, and then our last question, um, as we really head into summer, what are you obsessed with right now? Listen, there's always one thing I'm obsessed with in the summer. Sometimes mm-hmm. if we get to the extreme, it's the sun. Six, seven yeah. months without the sun, I cannot. I grew up in the tropical area. The sun is always sunning. So I'm so excited for the weather. And yeah, I can't wait. I'm excited. This summer is going to be a different summer for me, obviously, preparing for Miss USA. But I'm super excited to be outside. Well, Derby, it's been such an honor. Um, you are an inspiration. You are yeah. phenomenal. Keep going. Keep smashing these stereotypes. Um, you are single-handedly proving that women can do anything. So keep going. You're such an inspiration. Thank you, Derby, so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. This was amazing. And good luck in the Miss USA pageant, of course. <laughs> of course. Thank you. So exciting. <laughs> <laughs>